Today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group, democratizing data across the U.S. Coast Guard, and next-gen computing capabilities built on the cloud. It's Thursday, June 1st, 2023. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast, where you'll hear the latest news and trends facing government leaders. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Billy Mitchell. Here's what's happening now. The agreement reached by lawmakers over the weekend to suspend the United States debt ceiling could rescind funds appropriated for IT across the federal government. The Fiscal Responsibility Act of 2023, if passed, would look to claw back funds from the General Services Administration, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, and the Department of Justice, provided by the CARES Act and the American Rescue Plan COVID-19 relief packages. The nation has a new U.S. Chief Deputy Technology Officer. Denise Ross, the White House's Chief Data Scientist, has been appointed to a new role as U.S. Deputy Chief Technology Officer for Tech Capacity. Ross took up the role last month on May 16th. The Biden administration has named Dominique Duval-Diop as incoming U.S. Chief Data Scientist to replace her. Duval-Diop was previously U.S. Deputy Chief Data Scientist. You can read more about these stories and more at fedscoop.com. The U.S. Coast Guard recently transitioned its data office to be the chief digital and AI office to align with the U.S. military services that recently did the same. As head of that office, Captain Brian Erickson has been tasked by top USCG leadership to be an evangelist for data and AI and think of them not just as elements of IT, but direct enablers of the business and mission outcomes. Captain Erickson took the stage recently at Swish Data's GIST 23 conference to share more about what his nascent office is doing to elevate data for transformation within the Coast Guard. Listen into what he had to say. Just recently, uh, only uh, just a few weeks ago, um, we changed the name uh, once again to kind of um, more appropriately uh, um, um, represent the work that my team is doing which is now the Chief Data and Artificial Intelligence Officer of the Coast Guard. And I think that that's a signal to the organization as well, that, that this is something that is important, we care about this, and you have a team out there that is looking at this, and, and we are uh, trying to move fast uh, in that space. So um, it was, uh, I was very lucky to, to get this role, and now it is um, something that is becoming very important in the organization and is supported from the very top. Um, our new Commandant, Admiral Linda Fagan, has uh, said kind of her tagline, tomorrow looks different and so will we. And I think that that uh, type of support from the organization, especially um, for uh, someone who's trying to be the evangelist, to, to be the champion of data and artificial intelligence, is the type of support that we need from senior leaders. And, uh, and so my team is able to work very, uh, very quickly under, underneath that. So. Um, so that was kind of my personal journey and ba- background. The organization's journey, we're a 233-year-old organization. You know, for about the first 200 years, we, we weren't uh, too much into, you know, technology. And the last 30 years, we've looked at data as really kind of an IT function. And I think that now we're starting to shift that focus to where data really is a core business uh, function. And this, um, this office... Um, the, the Chief Data and Artificial Intelligence Officer, the Office of Data and Analytics, which we just stood up recently, is, uh, is really the, the, um, the catalyst that's going to move the organization forward to become more modernized. So um, as for, um, you know, some of the hurdles and problems, um, you know, uh, certainly uh, 
much like the DOD, and you know, Dr. Martell talks about his hierarchy of needs. Maybe many of you have, have heard about that, where really quality data is kind of the baseline of, of, of what he needs you know, most as he works his way up through analytics um, and then responsible artificial intelligence. And I think that you'll see exactly the same, uh, the same issues within the organization. Um, but the, the technology part, and this is, this is from my perspective as what I would call the, 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 the person who's kind of on the, the business end of data, the technology part is going to be the easier part compared to the culture and, and training the workforce. So I, you know, I feel like our, our, our shop is, is um, you know, putting some commands on a rudder to turn a ship uh, around, and, uh, and the technology piece is, you know, is putting some of those uh, capabilities on that ship. And um, let me just make one more comment in, and, and really kind of like to shift the targeting away from me a little bit to the audience. Right over here, I, I've got uh, one, of my, one of my best partners within the organization, um, Commander John White. And so, you know, like I said, 230 years old, um, only about six months ago did we commission the Office of Data and Analytics. We also stood up a cloud and data branch that works under the CIO. And so a year ago, you didn't have any, any organizational element named, you know, that had the word data in it. Now you have two. John's leading the uh, cloud and data branch. He's one of my most um, important partners within the organization uh, moving forward. If we could dive into maybe workforce development a little bit mm -hmm. and how the Coast Guard's approaching that or maybe broader government, so how we can build those skills, the language, and also the culture that goes with that to collaborate, be great, Captain Erickson. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if I were to look at data flow from, uh, as a life cycle, uh, from collection, you know, along its journey to a friction-free consumption, um, in the Coast Guard, you, you don't necessarily have trained you know, personnel within the, within the organization itself that uh, are, are experts at every stop along the way. And in, in, the, in, these, in these legacy contracts, like you said, where we, where we built this thing in this silo, um, and now we realize, hey, we really would like to integrate that with you know, these other silos. Um, that requires kind of a, an extension of what, what I would call that life cycle from you know, collection to friction-free consumption. And so there are other um, work roles that are needed in there. And um, in many of those areas, we would, we would contract those in, and, and we, have, we have done that in the past. But you also like, and this was really what I, General Norris said this too, you, you do have to have some people in the business who understand what we're trying to contract, what we're, what we're trying to do. Um, and, and so, and, and I, I concur with that. Um, in, the, in, the, uh, in DOD, recently uh, in the cyber, uh, defense cybersecurity workforce framework, they uh, rolled out, uh, I think it was 11 new, what they call innovation roles, and they, uh, I think they're called you know, data scientists, um, even, even CDO is one of the roles. Um, uh, artificial intelligence specialist. There, there's, a, there's a couple of those names. And we, we in the Coast Guard often want to um, partner with our warfighter um, you know, 
uh, joint forces, of course. We want, we are, we're going to train to fight with the warfighter, um, uh, but a lot of our peacetime missions are, are vastly different. So we're, we're always kind of balancing between, hey, how do we line up with our, our DHS components and work the DHS mission, but also ensure that we are ready uh, in a joint capacity to support the warfighter. And, and this, this, jo this job for me is, is the, um, the job where I have, that has been most prevalent, where I really truly feel like I have a foot in DHS and a foot in DOD. I am constantly um, in conversations with the new um, Dr. Martell's group, um, Chief Digital and Artificial Intelligence Office, uh, as well as uh, many of the services, Department of Air Force, Department of Navy, um, uh, Department of Army, um, Chief Data Officers and Chief Data and Artificial Intelligence Officers. So a lot of DOD activity with this particular role. Um, we aren't large, and, and often in the Coast Guard, we, we look at a DOD plan, and, and off, we just can't, we just don't have the people to really kind of fill it. 11 work roles isn't going to work for us, so we've settled on uh, five work roles that we're going to move forward with to train that will put the right people in place to ensure that this uh, data life cycle is cared for. Um, and those five work roles are a data steward, data analyst, data scientist, data engineer, and artificial intelligence machine learning specialist. So um, we believe, and, and, and look, we're, we, my office, we, we want to move fast, and we, and we want to iterate and be um, agile uh, for as long as we possibly can, and, I th and, and it feels like we are right now. Um, but that right now is what we've settled on. We're, we're going to put a marker down, and we're going to move out with the organization. We're going to conduct gap analysis. We're going to see where we need those types of roles, because Listen, the organization, the Coast Guard, has never had a group of people who were looking at the organization through a data lens before, and now we do. Um, and so we will uh, first establish competencies, then later work roles, and we will start to see where we, where we have gaps within the organization. Oftentimes, when we fill those, we will contract in expertise in the beginning and become very close partners, hoping to grow you know, the organization internally. And that's, that's kind of how we're approaching um, uh, modernizing our work, our work roles. Uh, also, uh, along comes the training with that, and our offices um, taking on the responsibility to increase data and artificial intelligence literacy within the organization. And we're looking at um, different organizations to um, provide uh, the, the type of education that we need, uh, and that's happening right now. You can learn more about data democratization at thedailyscooppodcast.com. Agencies across the federal government are looking to the cloud to elevate their next-gen computing capabilities. In this interview with Scoop News Group's Wyatt Cash, Christian Hoff of AWS highlights how NOAA, Customs and Border Protection, and other agencies are using the cloud to advance their high-performance computing, data management, and AI efforts, and what to look for at the upcoming AWS Summit in Washington, D.C. So you have a unique perspective on how federal agencies are tackling large-scale initiatives in innovative ways in the areas of high-performance computing, data management, and AI. I'd like to explore what you're seeing in some of those areas, and let's start with high-performance computing. Where are you seeing the cloud helping agencies tackle some of the massive computing workloads that government agencies routinely face? Yeah, thanks, Wyatt. You know, we are really seeing high-performance computing serve as an enabler of IT modernization and innovation for, for government customers. 
And with HPC, you know, we are helping our government customers gain insights faster and quickly move from idea to mission enablement with virtually unlimited compute capacity, a high performance file system and high uh, throughput networking. Uh, an example of a government agency that is benefiting from HPC is the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration or NOAA. And as one of the world's preeminent weather forecasting organizations, NOAA needs ever-increasing HPC capacity to advance its numerical weather prediction models. And the quality of the forecast is strongly correlated with the rise of HPC performance and ultimately leading to more timely and accurate forecasts that benefit us all. Uh, and another quick example is at NASA, scientists are now able to quickly launch HPC models from Python notebooks and then analyze and visualize results as they are created. And then federal agencies are dealing not only with an explosion of data, right, but also with a growing demand to share their data. Where have you seen the cloud help agencies collect data from a wider range of sources or share their data with a broader audience of users? Yeah, you know, data certainly has gravity. And, you know, an area where we're seeing the cloud help agencies address data sharing needs and policies is, is with federally funded research. And, you know, as you may recall, in 2022, an order from the White House's Office of Science and Technology Policy introduced new data sharing requirements for federally funded research. And under these requirements, researchers across academic institutions, nonprofits, and federal agencies themselves are expected to make research publications and underlying data accessible to the public at no cost immediately upon publication. And, and for example, the Registry of Open Data on AWS is an open source digital catalog that helps data providers keep their data findable and accessible. Currently, that registry lists 390 data sets spanning the geospatial scientists, climate, weather, sustainability, healthcare, machine learning, and life sciences. And users can search for data sets that meet a certain keyword or by a you know, uh, specific data provider and are pointed directly to the resource and mechanism by which they can access that data set. You know, data operability is another area AWS is helping federal customers and being able to use data sets in concert with other data sets can really be a major challenge for agencies. And AWS offers high level guidance and blueprints that can help users deploy AWS services to aggregate, manage, and then integrate different data sources, you know, as in a data lake, for example, with well-architected guidance for multimodal and multi-omnic data. Well, we've been talking about AI applications in government for several years now, but this year, I think you'd agree, AI has burst into the mainstream. What's new at AWS that federal agencies should know about? Yeah, when AWS started its public sector business, customers were primarily attracted to the cloud for, for two reasons, to, to save money and to promote efficiencies by hosting websites on the cloud and using cloud storage, which are still very much used today. 
But you know, now a few years later, agencies are looking at leveraging the cloud for machine learning and artificial intelligence insights that you know drive innovation, especially on mission workloads in support of taxpayers. You know, Amazon has invested heavily in the development and deployment of AI and ML for more than two decades for both customer facing services and our internal operations from recommendation uh, engines that personalize the shopping experience on amazon.com to the AI powered robots that optimize order fulfillment in our warehouses. You know, we are going to see the next wave of widespread adoption of machine learning with the opportunity for every customer experience and application to be reinvented with generative AI. You know, AWS will help drive this wave by making it easy, practical, and cost-effective for customers to use generative AI in their agencies. And our approach to generative AI is to invest innovate, and then take this technology out of the realm of research and make it available to customers of any size and developers of all skill levels. Well, Christian, can you point to a couple of examples of where AI has helped federal agencies make significant headway in delivering improved citizen services or improve the citizen experience overall? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, citizens hold certain expectations for their government interactions. And with many government services shifting online over the last few years, those expectations have only risen as they well should. You know, they want their interactions to be predictable, easy to navigate, and not far off from how they experience customer service in the, in the commercial marketplace. And so from retirement and healthcare benefits, to food subsidies, federal grants and small business loans to truly elevate the customer experience for Americans, agencies are gonna need to capitalize on a combination of technology and human-centered designs. And you know, we've seen a number of federal agencies enable to move faster to the cloud than ever to upgrade the citizen services as a result of the cloud. One uh, recent example, that we've seen is with digital call centers through a service called Amazon Connect. And you know, a digital call center helps automate entry-level questions using AI so agencies can make better use of their people and, and resources. You know, a specific example of this, leadership at the US Customs and Border Protection, CBP, had just two weeks to develop and implement a solution when the contractor responsible for supporting three of their call centers suddenly filed for bankruptcy. And you know, CBP needed hardware, software, multiple language support, workflow automation, monitoring systems with zero downtime tolerances and a host of specialized call centers. Uh, in addition, they needed to train over 300 employees on how to use this new system. And they were able to migrate three call centers in just 10 days using Amazon Connect, which ended up reducing operational and labor costs in the process, improve integration, efficiency, resiliency, and response times. And another quick example why it is uh, with the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, and their intelligent data lake 
which is their enterprise-wide platform on AWS. And with an ever-growing number of regulatory review submissions, FDA needed a smarter and modernized process to complete reviews on time and with limited resources. If you can believe it, FDA receives over 125,000 applications each year and only has 40 reviewers. And so they created a machine learning solution using multiple AWS services with natural language processing to compare approved drug labels with submitted promotion material and flag discrepancies, thereby shortening the runway to production and eliminating tedious manual reviews. Those are both uh, two remarkable stories. Thank you for sharing those. And speaking of stories, uh, one of the things I've always enjoyed about the AWS summits is how you showcase government putting the cloud to work uh, and letting folks sit in and hear those stories. Talk to us a little, or give us a quick rundown, if you will, of what agency stories you expect to be showcasing at the upcoming summit, I believe June 7th to 8th here in Washington. Thanks, Wyatt. You know, we invite all our government uh, customers to join hundreds of federal civilian government leaders driving their missions forward through innovations in technology and cloud computing at, at this year's summit. And so excited. We have hundreds of innovative sessions over two days where you can hear directly from our customers and learn how they're utilizing AWS to drive mission outcomes. You know, for example, participants will hear how uh, the US Food and Drug Administration embarked on a bold IT modernization journey to transform the nation's critical health systems. Uh, another example is the US uh, General Service Administration, GSA, will discuss how successful modernization requires an artful blend of people, process, and technology considerations with a relentless focus on enabling business transformation. And you know, we'll hear what it takes to reinvent the business and discover how GSA shift from a cloud first to a cloud smart strategy could provide a template for other agencies to super, supercharge their mission outcomes. And additionally, at the onset of the pandemic, the Small Business Administration needed to scale up support to the economic injury disaster loans for over 3.7 million businesses and the veteran small business certification process for over 20 million individuals. You know, SBA was able to deliver exceptional customer experiences to small business owners and veterans under a tight timeframe as the SBA deployed its largest contact center within weeks using Amazon Connect. And so we're looking forward to an incredible summit on June 7th and 8th and really look forward to seeing you all there. Well, Christian Hoff, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing some of your insights and perspective on ways cloud computing is helping federal agencies deliver citizen services more effectively. So thanks for being with us. Thank you, I appreciate your time. You can learn more about the move to the cloud at thedailyscooppodcast.com. The Daily Scoop podcast is available on all podcast platforms. If you've already rated the podcast on your platform of choice, thanks so much. High ratings and good reviews of the show help more people to find it. The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. Carlin Fisher helped to put this show together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. 
We'll talk to you again next week. Until then, I'm your host, Billy Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening.